thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. This episode of Wellness Women Radio is very proudly brought to you by Dinner Twist. Dr. Ashley and I want to let you in on a little secret of how we maintain our healthy whole foods lifestyle with very little time. And one of those ways is actually with Dinner Twist. So they plan, they shop, they deliver everything to our door to take all of the guesswork out of having really healthy meals for dinner each night. Um, I love Dinner Twist because they are a locally family-owned business here in Perth in Western Australia, and all of their produce is locally sourced and seasonal. So they are really invested in all of their suppliers as well, which is absolutely amazing. Everything is so fresh. Uh, Ashley and I both get the Wholesome Box, which is naturally gluten and dairy-free as well, and is very consistent with a paleo-type lifestyle as well. Uh, so it's, you know, completely consistent with, you know, the way that we want to eat and want to feed our loved ones too. This is also how I trick Dean into thinking that I can actually cook. So seriously, if I can do it, everybody can trust me. And their recipes are so delicious. They also have other options apart from the wholesome box. So they have a family box for bigger size families an express box. If you're really short on time, uh, as well as a vegan box too. Now, we would love to give you the opportunity for you to actually try Dinner Twist and realize how healthy, how delicious and how fresh it is, but also how much easier this is going to make life as well. So we have a special promo code for you, and that is going to give you $35 off your first box. And that is WWR for Wellness Women Radio. Um, So we would love you to uh, try for yourself. Don't take my word for it, but let me know what you think. Without further ado, ladies, onto the show. Good evening, wonderful women. Thank you so much for joining us today on Wellness Women Radio. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And again, you can find us on social media. So we are the Wellness Women on Facebook, the Wellness Women Official on social media. Oh, wait, on Instagram. That is also a form of social media. <laughs> I am DrAndrea.xo on Instagram, the Period Whisperer on Facebook. And you can find Ashley as Dr. Ashley Bond on everything. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to us on Spotify or iTunes or whatever medium it is that you're listening to this and give us a five-star rating because that really is how we, um, I guess, reach audiences really far and wide. I love that. And look, hey, it might be morning wherever you are because I know I'm a morning podcaster on my way to work. So, uh, hey, good morning to you if you're listening from the morning or lunch hour. So, I always say good evening because we record in the evenings, but (laughs) I don't mind where you are in the world and what time of day it is. I'm so glad you tuned in. So, thank you so much. And uh, look, I think that there's uh, this is such an interesting topic we can go on today. It might touch a nerve for some women, and it's certainly going to be personal because both of us have experienced this. And I think right now, fresh is uh, something happening in Andrea's world and we're really privileged that she's going to open up and share something but you know I think you know we're going to touch on this idea today that um you know the whole I guess was it almost like the queen bee factor you know that there's if women rise too high that someone's going to take them out like it's it's something Mm -hmm. we've been interested in for a little while in the sense that why don't more women help each other? Why don't more women support each other? Um, why every time do we make a, a step forward in women's, you know, I guess development? Do we we strip ourselves back again? And we've watched this in our own profession um, at mm-hmm. levels of, uh, I guess, elevation, so board levels and leadership levels and all sorts of things. And I, I think for a profession of chiropractic,
chiropractors like we are, um, to have a predominantly, you know, at least a 50-50 split on a female um, representation. We've got a huge representation at a university level. So what happens? You know, what happens somewhere along the line? Why, uh, why do we shy back from leadership or why are those women who are brave enough to step up there cut back from leadership positions? And look, we're, neither of us are, you know, extraordinarily, you know, we're not Forbes-listed businesses or anything like that. So I can't tell you we're queens of uh, leadership knowledge and coaching and all those things that uh, a lot of women will understand this from more of a psychology background. But we're talking first-hand experience today. We're going to just talk mm-hmm. about sort of the personal levels and how that plays out. And I always love um, <laughs> one of my favorite ones is that uh, Madeline Albright's famous quote of um, there is a special place in hell for women who don't help each other. Um, I oh, feel like I plastering that. that all over the place sometimes um, because I remember seeing yep. that in a Madam Secretary. So sorry, if anyone who's not TV savvy, I just love Teela in Madam Secretary. I think she's so cool. I like she's got this kick-ass boss role, and then she becomes the president. I'm just like, yes, woo! <laughs> um, so maybe I just love Madam it Secretary. It's... I have not watched that, but I do oh. love political drama. So. Yeah, so political drama yeah, it is. Uh, the finger is pointed back at us. Oh, um, <laughs> but then they had this special cameo cameo from Madeline Albright, and it was just great. I was like, yes, yes, there's that woman. Um, so anyway, back to back to what we we're talking about, which is just this idea of why don't women support each other the way you know we deserve to support each other? So, Andrea, this has been a bit of a, a touchy and horrible experience, I guess, in the last you know week or two for you, when um, it all stems from you having the courage and having the, I guess, commitment to step up and put your, you know, head above the, above the footpath and say, Hey, I'm here. Hello. You know, I'd love to represent our profession and, you know, I'd love to sit up there on the board level and do great things for our profession. And, um, I'm really proud to say that the women I know have all gone, woo yes, thank you, and uh, have put then their vote to your name. But we also know there's been a, a nasty little campaign that has been driving, you know, against you, which for all purposes I can't even conceive or comprehend. But um, talk about it. Yeah. Walk and us through it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I feel um, I feel a little bit indulgent having the kind of platform that we, we do to, to do this. And we have shared a lot of our, you know, our important life events with our audience and we've definitely shared a lot of our vulnerable moments as well. And, you know, this is certainly one of those. And I really love that we have this opportunity to unpack things when we need to. And Ash, I think a lot of the time when we're talking about um, certain topics that are more um, kind of emotive in nature and less sort of just kind of factual, um, a lot of the time I'm formulating ideas. I'm, I'm working things out even as we're doing the podcast and I'm forming my own my own opinion around things and, and how to kind of navigate through stuff. And I think that this was part of why we, we felt compelled to, I don't know, share it with the audience, I guess, because we know that this is not a unique story, which is also like just so ridiculous. So just long story short, I was nominated for a position on the Australian Chiropractic Association Board, which is essentially our governing governing body. Um, So I was one of the two women who was nominated for um, a position on there. And there is a group of women in our profession, a very well-known group um, who also, um, you know, some may think are quite leaders in the profession, um, who are very like vocal um, and also do coaching and a whole bunch of other things within our profession who have started essentially a smear campaign um, saying that the only reason that I was nominated is because I slept with one of the other board members. And the thing that is so funny is that 
It's so ridiculously outside of anything that could be truthful or factual, but they still stooped to the absolute lowest level of, and I'm going to say it, slut shaming, mm-hmm. um, which I cannot think of anything that is just a lower form of um, a, like the least interesting, the least imaginative insult that you could have. Like there were so many ways to criticise me for potentially being part of the board. For example, um, and Ash, you and I have spoken about this, I don't have board experience. I haven't served on um, or necessarily with in chiropractic. I have served on other charitable boards but not specifically for this. Um, And, you know, there's so many other things that they could have nitpicked but – um, they made up some absolute BS about me and another board member, which is also attacking them as well. Um, and the the other person that they're kind of insinuating into this that they're dragging through the mud has also been married the entire time we've been friends. So it's just like such a disgusting like display of just bitchiness. And so I wanted to really try and logic my way through this um, and I wanted to understand why the hell can't women support women and and you have so every right to feel pervasive. yeah and you have every right to feel completely like you know sort of sidelined by that that slander because it's just like what on earth you know it's not coming from someone close to you it's coming left field where you don't expect it and Mm -hmm. you know and this is something that happens to a lot of women whether it be in a workplace in a sports team um in any area of life where they're trying to do something good or to elevate themselves for the benefit of others or do you know like there's just so Mm -hmm. many ways that women are trying to move people forward and i'm saying people because it's not always women working for women it's women working for a greater cause exactly as you are it's not like you're working for the women's league of chiropractic you're working for the entire profession so um i think that that's something that when i tried to understand that after our chat the other day i was just like what and you know we said this is a good topic i thought yeah let's have a chat about this because i was trying to understand what drives or motivates women to do that and it's like you Mm. said we could have you know accepted it coming from the sideline of saying hey you're not experienced enough to take this Mm -hmm. position and I said well (laughs) fair call but hey you've got to start somewhere right so you may as well have a crack at it because you're going to learn on the job anyway um that's my approach to most things is like oh well so what I don't know but I will know very soon um and you're exactly the same you know you just you you learn your way through which is such a powerful quality and even that should be enough to be credited just that someone thinks that they're capable enough to do that um but yeah, but to go right down to that bottom level of, you know, down to levels of relationships and sexuality and all sorts of stuff, it's just, yeah, it's just next next level. So all I could come up with, and I'm just going to be, you know, this is like we're sort of sitting on the, the psych couch now. Um, what Am I doing a Dr. Phil session? Is that- <laughs> <laughs> and it's certainly what it feels like, right? And yeah. it's just, it's amazing how common it is. And it's also, um, you know, I am such a fiercely loyal, like, friend that if this was to happen to any of my friends I would you know like lose it and 
anytime someone um, would slander or shame one of my friends, uh, that like I'm pretty good at holding a grudge, which is not one of my finest qualities, but that is it. Like, you know, Ash. It's I, already I done like, for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, there's women that you and I have had conversations about. So there's a woman who's like really wronged you and you've forgiven her, but I can't. Oh, but on this, on this, on this topic though, darling, I was out there this week thinking of how passive aggressively I could tackle, you know, these people from behind the scenes without them realizing that I already know what they're like. And I'm just like, oh God, I'm being so, so funny now. But anyway, let me tell you why I think this is happening because I've been looking through some of the psych stuff and I've been really interested, been reading through Forbes and all these amazing journals where there's a lot of discussion on women's leadership and um, something that jumped up and I was like, oh, that's it there. Because, you know, these women that are tackling you are what I'd say, you know, influential and powerful women too. So it's not like it's coming from someone who's jealous of who you are. It's like, I was like, jealousy, that's just silly. That doesn't make any sense because that's a, that doesn't seem like a but motivating factor. that's a relative term though, right? Like oh, sure. even as we talk about this and even as we talk about, um, you know, someone being slandered or attacked or gossiped about, with other women, even if we feel like we're completely really evolved and very comfortable in our own skin and want to lift other women, is there still a part of you that hears that? And I'm not asking you, Ash, but maybe even just Mm. to the listeners that get some sort of sick pleasure out of the fact that it's happening to somebody else. Maybe if you've been on the receiving end, then it's like the the play it forward kind of concept of, well, oh, well, I had that. So they should, you know, deal with it too. Like just that kind Mm. of thing of, well, if it's happened to me, then it happens to everyone. But I, yeah, I, can't answer to that. All I know that is they found, you know, there's um, a, a team that were looking into this cultural, I guess, framework of women's women's culture, and that comes down to this idea that um, women interact with each other in accordance with sort of uh, an like invisible natural law, and it is related to something that they've termed the power dead even rule. And this this idea is this concept of power and self esteem, and that for a woman to have a healthy relationship with other women or with another woman. They need to have a concept that that self-esteem and power of that other woman must be in the eyes of each other even. There must be similar mm-hmm. weight to self-esteem and similar weight to the power, and that that creates a really dynamic relationship there. Um, so if these elements are kept even, then you like you wouldn't have this conversation. So in some way, those women have reflected the fact that they don't deem their self-esteem or their power in balance with you. And I think that's so interesting. So either elevated or deflated, you know, it doesn't matter which way it goes, but they mm. haven't, they don't consider themselves of equal standing. Um, and I'd mm. like to say now that's probably where jealousy lies in, right? Because if you think a woman's better than you in some way, then that's where jealousy lies. If you think a woman's less than you in some way, then that obviously is where that sort of like dismissive element arises. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I thought that was really interesting I'm like that is incredibly perceptive that they've come up with that you know awareness of women's culture is that yes it's it's and I was trying to think of all the relationships I have and the people I elevate and the people I I guess deflate in my sense of value of of the relationships I have and I was like I think that pretty well answers it right there is this idea. so interesting? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, Um, yeah, that's just something to be mindful of because um, the behaviours that encompass women and why they do what they do has this sort of subconscious way of trying to preserve this concept of dead-even power. Um, 
So, yeah, that might have a bit to answer mm. for the experiences, but I think the fact that most women are not even aware of this, um, as I wouldn't have been able to put so eloquently that term or that description, um, is probably the, the problem right there, isn't it? Just not being aware of our yeah. sort of primal space, our primal cultural framework that we create. Mm. And gosh, women can be so vicious as well. And there's mm. this Chinese proverb stating that the tongue is the sword of a woman and she never lets it go rusty. Uh, and, you know, it is just this idea that we use gossip in a really aggressive or socially destructive manner. And, um, uh, you know, we are not, we're also not taught to value women. Yeah. As well, we're not taught to value our own voice. Um, and when we put ourselves out there, we put our hand up for something, we are also at the exact same time putting our neck on the chopping block to be completely vulnerable to all the BS that comes back to us because of that from other women. Mm. You know, like men don't even give this, a, you know, a second thought. Um, and I, I've sort of looked into the history of this and why, um, you know, women are, especially Western women are this way. And there's a few different themes that come in. So there's, there's one thing that approval from others has been part of our lifeline. So, you know, throughout history, we, women couldn't, well, actually for most of our modern history, because I'm going to go back a little bit from there in a second, um, women couldn't protect themselves. So we couldn't protect ourselves legally, politically, financially, even physically. Like we didn't have those options. So to ensure our own survival, we had to adapt in a way that we were always desired and approved of by those with greater power than us. Mm. Um, and the legacy of that history, I think, is still, you know, alive and well. And it makes that criticism or the challenging of status quo with women like seem like it has such higher stakes than what it does for men. And if we look back through, um, like right back to even the end of the 5th century um, BC, so this was the end of what they called the goddess era. So this is when um, all the pagan rituals were punishable by death. This was the original establishment of the hierarchy. And then we had the beginnings of Christianity as well. And what happened from there is there was this like mass exile of women. This was then the persecution of women. Women were the scapegoats to all the problems. So everything was blame the woman. Um, and from that, then we had this idea that anyone who was still practicing any of those traditional pagan rituals or anything like that was seen as a woman, also not seen as a woman, they were women, um, were seen as a witch, which was dangerous. And they were then to be burned at the stake. And then all women, so even family members, your closest girlfriends, the women living next door to you, everyone started pointing fingers at each other for their own survival. So we had this deep-seated, suspicious nature, even left over, um, you know, back from then that created this division of, of sisterhood, of communities of women, um, and there was no rekindling of that from then on. And this is particularly pervasive for, um, you know, like Western women as well, or what are now Western women. There seems to be a very different, like, sisterhood culture in other um in other cultures mm. so um this is definitely so much more of like this western woman um cutting each other down issue and then the, on the other flip side of this which i think is such a paradox um the dalai lama says that western women will save the world and i think there's so many different ways to argue that and i'm not quite i don't i don't think i understand that entirely but 
how is that possible when we're being so snarky and attacking each other at every um, turn and sometimes even just internally or um, subconsciously as well? And I think it is probably because of so many of these themes that are enculturated to believe that, um, you know, strong women who stand in their power or who are um, sort of pumped for all of these things, surely there's got to be um, dark reasons behind that. You know, there has to be reasons why, um, you know, that justifies our aggressiveness and our competitiveness and everything else. Uh, I, I found some, um, you know, interesting info from psychology today. And one thing that I thought was really interesting is that younger women are so much more likely to gossip about rivals than older women. So like, you know, kind of menopausal, postmenopausal women, because the competition for mates is so intense. And so especially during the earlier reproductive years of a woman's life um, and the characteristics of kind of rivals that are most likely to be attacked um, is through like malicious gossip, but precisely those things that have been traditionally most vital to a woman's reputation. Yeah. So that is her physical appearance and her sexual repu- reputation. <gasps> so this is really all about competition for a mate. Well, <laughs> I mean, I think um, as part of the, the ingrained themes yeah, as yeah. to why women and especially in this circumstance, just go so low. And I, and you sit there and you think, okay, it's 2020. Are we so not, have we not evolved so past this idea of, you know, slut shaming? Mm. And um, even if this stupid rumor was true, even if I had slept with every single person on that stupid board, like who cares? Like, and it's, <laughs> it couldn't be further from the truth, which is hilarious. But seriously, who gives a damn? If yeah. there was a guy who had been accused of the exact same thing or had done the exact same thing, no one would ever question their nomination or their position. Yeah. I just think that, um, you know, the the leverage that women have um, over, the, I, I guess, even just the, the female mind and just the, the culture and the community of women is just completely ingenious because, um we have to put up with enough criticism from ourselves in our own head that constantly knocks us down telling us that we're not enough, let alone that coming from every other source in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's interesting you should say that, though, about, um, you know, that whole idea that older women are less likely to engage in that. But there's some interesting research that goes the other way. And on, on a corporate level, it's actually the older women that are more likely to get engaged in that queen bee behaviour um, because of the fact that they are more acutely aware of like gender discrimination and, and gendered barriers. And so, of course, they try to set themselves apart from their concept of you know the female uh tribe because i'm not like those women so they mm-hmm. take on a more masculine role which then involves yes. cutting down and eliminating the other female threats which you know is taking on that sort of more masculine um way of setting themselves apart apart and it's really a strategy of advancement so i thought that was really interesting because it, it kind of goes both ways which i know that sounds a bit confusing but um what it's identifying is that it really it's like as in there's no mean mean girl gene um they've studied this to find out whether it's inherently characteristic of a female mm-hmm. you know genetic profile and they're not able to identify anything such as a mean girl gene but what they are finding is that with the right environment so women who are more threatened by 
um, ideas of, you know, gender bias, gender discrimination, they're going to emphasize more hypermasculine characteristics. Um, yeah. and this is where they hold negative beliefs about, you know, women, um, and what women yeah. do and what we're supposed to do and, um, seeing another one rise up, that's, you know, not, not acceptable and that sort of thing. And I thought that was really. So essentially they feel like they have to turn themselves into men to be able to play in that realm, which yeah. I would love to see you know, women in leadership and power still um, leading, maintaining that femininity and leading from that side rather than having to, like, embrace more masculinity in that sense. And I think that that is also why women in leadership positions can be so off-putting to other women because it is so masculine. Well, it's not just putting off-putting to other women, it's off-putting to other men too because it Mm. can be um, such a, like, a conflicted characteristic or conflicted sort of um, subtype of personality that comes through. It's like denying that feminine role, that feminine energy, that feminine archetype and embracing something that's more masculine, which is somewhat confusing for all people around them. And that's where, you know, that, that identification. So let me tell you one thing. And I think this is something that all of us can learn from. And I really liked, you know, reading this because I was like, huh, so what's the solution? Thinking, well, it's all very nice to bitch about other women and then, you know, <laughs> have a bitch about it to make us feel better, which, you know, they say, <laughs> talk to three people and, you know, bitch about it and you'll, you'll get it off your chest. But, um, I thought it was more interesting. So what, you know, what do we have to do to prevent this from happening? You know, what can we do? As, um, as women to prevent this whole concept of queen bee behaviour um, being experienced. And the one thing that is is raised in this research is that women need to identify highly as a woman um, and those women who've uh, experienced gender discrimination but more strongly identify with their, their female gender, they don't react to biases and don't try and distance themselves from other women. They become more embracive. And this study yeah. was looking at police women and these are the policemen who highly identified as women um, who had responded to gender discrimination with an increased desire to create more opportunities for other women so it's like i'm a woman i've been on the receiving end of this i don't want other women to suffer and i'm going to help and become that solution and i thought that was just so interesting that when we don't want to be like one of the men but we want to be every bit woman that we are we want other women to rise with us um but when we want to be more like the men we push the other women down and i was like wow bam that's such a a revelation right there in a nutshell yeah yeah oh i love that that is so good um so moral of the story is like ladies embrace your ladyhood because you know if we can really embrace who we are and as women um not see other women's threatening but just realize that as the tide lifts all boats we too can lift as well you know this idea that Mm. um try and raise all boats with that one tide if you have the opportunity or or the you know privilege or the experience to be able to do that then there is no harm in lifting those other boats it doesn't mean someone's going to get there faster or better or further we all rise on the same tide but when we fall to fear and, and become more masculine in our characteristics then we will innately and subconsciously want to drag or push women down and I think that's um that self-awareness is such a powerful thing so I hope that Mm. you know I hope this conversation might just raise our self-awareness you know raise mine certainly Mm. I thought about hang on my first response was to like let's stab them in the eyes and then I'm like no no that's a bit (laughs) (laughs) and then I'm like oh how can I become a kid 
little voodoo doll. Yeah, I did. I did. Um, and, then, and then the next thought was, how can I become the keyboard warrior and do this passive aggressive thing? And then I was like, oh, back off. Like, you know, how about I just go on the opposite and be like, don't give an F about those ladies. How do we back Andrea? Who do I need to speak to? How do I share her message? And how do I make these other women square when she gets onto that board. Like, oh, that was my thought. And I'm like, and when I thought about it, I'm like, cool. Okay, cool. I'm embracing the feminine energy, not my my alpha energy of like kill, stab, die. <laughs> I know. Oh, I love that. And, um, you know, Ash, I have to admit, like when um, when I heard about this, I was like, I was so rattled. Yeah. And it, it just because I was so shocked. Like who the hell, like, stoops this low like how aren't we more interesting than this like aren't aren't things more interesting than just talking about the absolute lowest form of possible insult that you could like put out there the most disinteresting as well um and there's just like i want to end on just two quotes so this is from a woman named tara moore and she wrote the book um playing big practical wisdom for women who want to speak up create and lead and um in a, a section of it, she talks about we can't celebrate success, ambition, assertiveness in, in another woman if we're curtailing all of that in ourselves or any of that in ourselves as well. And she's also written an article called 10 Rules for Brilliant Women. And the final one, so number 10 of 10, is let other women know they are brilliant. So let them know what kind of brilliance you see in them and why they are so special. Call them call them into greater leadership and action. And, Ash, I think that that's completely congruent with what you were saying before about how um, when we lead with the feminine, we also raise up other women as well. And um, I really love that. And as soon as I found the other woman who was nominated for the board as well, my first instinct was, and I this is what I did as well, is I contacted her, I introduced myself, I you know, told her that she would be perfect for the role because she does have so much experience. And I voted for her and I told her that. Um, and it was, it felt so good to connect with her like that. And there was no, there's no competitiveness or anything. And I would still be so happy um, and hope she does get the role over me because of her experience. Um, so yeah. this is how we support women. This is how we bring back this idea of proper, real sisterhood. This is how we disrupt this bitchiness <laughs> and this really low, dark energy. Um, and I, I love that. And I think that that theme, Ash, is definitely to lead with that feminine. Yeah. And, look, I think this is um, something as well when we're talking about that importance of leadership through the feminine. Um, you know, a lot of the studies, this is, you know, just a short background behind it, but they were also pointing to this idea that if we push back on this gender identification, this whole idea that, you know, gender shouldn't matter, it's irrelevant at work, it's irrelevant in our life and we shouldn't be mm-hmm. judging our gender, then what we're actually doing is dissociating. Uh, we're dissociating from the the woman role that we have and the the place of that female Mm. energy and that female position and that's interesting because what that actually does um without you know the believer realizing is that first and foremost they're actually pushing back on the woman itself and this is where those negative stereotypes kick in and Mm -hmm. it's really saying i believe those stereotypes i believe the women less i believe women can't do this i believe women can't do this even though we're actually I guess perpetuating the idea that gender doesn't matter. Well, actually, gender does matter, and you know, and I think it's powerful to embrace that feminine role. So, Andrew, thank you so much for sharing um, what is not a very pleasant experience. No one likes to be on the receiving end of bullying. No one likes to be mm-hmm. on the receiving end of particularly really nasty things being said about um, something that 
undermines integrity, you know, and mm. I think you have one of the most beautiful sets of values and your integrity is always unquestionable. So for me, I just went, oh, what the hell? This is insane because I know you and I know exactly Mm. who you are. And I think most of our our friends and everyone we know knows who you are. And I dare say I reckon our listeners know who you are. And that's that's the thing that makes me smile is like they will be sitting here backing you right now going, what the hell? I listen to Andrea every week. She's amazing. There's no way. Like, and it's like, absolutely, you're right. There's no way. You're making so, me blush. Oh, look. But, you know, and these these are the things that, you know, people can say and say and say, but it's how you lead. It's what you do. It's the way you live your life. It's the congruency. It's the integrity. It's the, the friendships. It's the way you lift others. That's what speaks loudest. And I think that um, if that – is something we can get across to all women that that's how we conduct our lives, then guess what? The tide will rise. We'll all rise up with it. And this world is going to be an amazing place to be. You know, it's um, it's pretty chaotic right now. And I think this is the cool, cool solution. So I do hope you get on the board. So any of our Kari friends listening to this, make sure you vote for Andrea, please. <laughs> um, and on the 14th of October. Yeah. Um, just, uh, and just look, so you know. Yeah. You know what? And even if you don't get that place, it's just a privilege to know that you put your hand up because um, there are an incredibly whew, powerful group of leaders in that in that nomination form and it, I was struggling I, you know you get three choices and I was just like well I already knew who two were and I'm like the third my gosh I could choose six people here for this one vote that I have left so um, that was a really you know good indication that we do have great leaders at the top of our profession so I'm really proud of proud of that so anyway ladies lead well be kind you know it's okay to uh to lift other ladies it's not okay to be a queen bee and bitch and and be nasty and you know we don't have a mean girl gene so just don't blame it on being a female because it's not true (laughs) oh ash that is perfect i love that uh all right ladies thank you so much for just letting me work that out on this wonderful medium that you have given us uh hopefully this will call into question some of the things that um you know maybe you've thought about in the past and help and encourage you to also lift up other women as well because remember um let other women know that they are brilliant too that is one of the the number 10 rule for rules for brilliant women <laughs> so ladies you've been listening to wellness women radio we are the wellness women dr ashley bond and dr andrea huddleston we are raising the bar for women's health and until next week be well This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.